1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, February the 28th, 2024, in the year of our Lord. On February 28th, 2013, Benedict uh, the 16th became the first pope in 600 years to resign. Today, in 1849, the California gold rush began in earnest, uh, regular steamship service started bringing gold seekers to San Francisco. It became a big deal. In fact, it's often said that the people that assisted the gold miners made more money than the gold miners did. Selling them shovels and pans and carrying them into the area and out of the area and so on. Today, in 1953, scientists James Watson and Francis Crick, they announced they had discovered the double helix structure of DNA that changed a lot of things in medicine. Today in 1993, a gun battle erupted at the religious compound near Waco, Texas. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms agents tried to arrest this Branch Davidian leader, this David Koresh, on weapons charges. Four agents and six Davidians were killed as a 51-day standoff began. I think that was a disaster. I do not agree with whatever it was that David Koresh was teaching in that compound, but the way it was handled... By the Clinton administration, Janet Reno in particular was was a sh- disaster. It was a, a shame to America and freedom, religious freedom. And again, I do not support that. I don't. I'm not into compounds and cults and wh- whatever. But the way that was handled was not was not right. Today in 2009, Paul Harvey. <laughs> the news commentator, the talk radio pioneer whose staccato voice and style made him one of the nation's most familiar voices. Paul Harvey died in Phoenix at age 90. Today in 2014, President Barack Obama expressed deep concern over reported military activity inside Ukraine by Russia. And Obama warned, he said, there will be costs for any intervention. Fast forward eight years. In 2022, Russian forces shelled Ukraine's second-largest city, rocking a residential neighborhood and closed in on the capital city of Kiev, or Kyiv, as they now call it. It seems like the left, the Democrats, use words, but their actions are pathetic. They take actions, they take actions on what is good in America. And they condemn what is evil with words. They never seem to quite show up at the right time. The secular progressive. I'm not making this as a political statement. But as a moral statement. They never show up. When the things that are truly important. Are on the table. They're always somewhere else. And in our current case. Eating an ice cream cone or whatever. The Bible says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Psalm 138. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. That's the word of the Lord for today. It was Vladimir Lenin who said, Give me four years to teach the children, and the seed that I have sown will never be uprooted. There should be an alarm ringing in the ears of all the parents in America today. There's a warning that's going out to parents in two blue states now, specifically, where legislators are working hard to make moms and dads an enemy of the state. Yes, the states are aware of it and they're concerned. At least some of them are. What's the basis of parental authority? If Lenin was so focused on this, and he was as was others who would follow him, Hitler and others, of capturing the child while they're young and impressionable. Why are they so p- obsessed with this? It's because they're obsessed with an ideology that stands in direct conflict and direct opposition to Christianity, the world, biblical worldview. You know... Sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes Marjorie and I will talk and we'll say, Remember, you know, this and remember that back in the day and so on. You know, sometime during the last half century, someone stole our culture. Just seventy-five years ago approximately, as in the nineteen fifties. America was a great place. It was safe, it was decent. Children got good educations in public schools, even blue collar incomes came to dads who worked in blue-collar jobs, and they were middle incomes. They earned that so moms could stay home with the kids. Television shows reflected the sound and traditional values of that time. How did we get here? How did we get to this point? How did America become the sleazy, decadent place that we live in today? Oh, not all of America, but... The places you can see most, the cities. How did we get to be how did we become the leader in the LGBTQ movement on the globe? More than one person that I've heard speaking in other countries have said, When I think of America, I think of the LGBTQ movement. And the president stands up regularly and says, I've got your back. In other words, we're all in on this and we're going to push this agenda and so on. It, It is the agendas that are are killing people and killing our culture that we seem to care the most about. So how did we get to this point? Well, it didn't just happen. In fact, a deliberate agenda was followed to steal our culture and leave a new and a very different one in its place. The story of how and why is one of the most important parts of our nation's history. It's a story Almost no one knows. The people behind it wanted it that way. What happened? In short, what happened is that America's traditional culture, which has grown up over generations from our Western Judeo-Christian roots, was swept aside by an ideology. We know the ideology has a political correctness, or, or we know it as multiculturalism. It really is cultural marxism. Marxism translated from economic into cultural terms. That's how we got to this point. It, effort goes back to the night not to the 1960s but to World War 1. Incredible as it may seem just as the old economic marxism of the Soviet Union was failing miserably it was re- resurrection resurrected a new cultural Marxism has become the ruling ideology oh they don't use that word and they certainly wouldn't admit it but it is true it's become the ruling ideology of America's elite the number one goal of that cultural Marxism since its creation has been the distraction of Western culture and the Christian religion To understand anything, we have to go back to its history, and we don't have time today to go all the way back to its history. But I've done that before on these programs, and I will do it again. But to understand it, we have to know the history. And uh, to, uh, to understand who stole our culture, we need to take a look at the history of political correctness and multiculturalism. That is at the heart of where we are today in our nation. It was Vladimir Lenin who said, "Give me your child four years to teach your child, and uh, they will never—the seed that I planted will never be uprooted." The reason is because they know that the child, without a without an opposing view, and being impressionable as they are, will believe this and accept it. We're seeing that happen before our eyes today in America. It's going on. In fact, it is so blatant that too many people. Just brush it aside and say, boy, things have sure changed. Boy, it wasn't like that when I was a kid. But they're not willing to go to a school board meeting and stand up and make a statement because it's embarrassing. And you might get arrested and be called a terrorist, a domestic terrorist. That has happened. And you know that many of you do, at least in this audience. I know many of you do. But generally, the public is not aware or they just slough it off. And you have the progressive, so-called, running around, covering, you know, treating the kinds of things that are going on in our culture seriously as though it's normal. It isn't normal. Why is the state so committed to excluding parents from their children's education? You know the answer to that. In two states, liberal legislators plan to redefine parents' rights now. You probably don't live in one of these states, but believe me, it's being discussed in nearly every state by progressives. Many parents have learned by now that children are being groomed and indoctrinated by liberal school teachers, teachers who view parents as a distrusted enemy. But even worse, it's learning that your state legislators are now pushing new laws to separate parents and children. I think legislators are getting way too far into the family unit, into the component of the family. David Smith is with the Illinois Family Institute. He says his organization was alarmed by a bill that criminalizes parents who block their daughter from undergoing an abortion. The bill that's in Illinois is House Bill 4876. It seeks to amend the abuse and and a neglected child act by redefining abused child, and they're redefining it to include a minor who is denied an abortion or so or denied so-called gender-affirming medical treatment. In other words, in this, if this law is to be passed in Illinois, if it's if this is happening in Illinois, and there's another state, and I'll get to that in a moment. It can happen in your state. There are those that are pushing for these kinds of laws that are blatant. They are in your face evil. But they're pre- pressing for these bills. And this one is moving forward in Illinois, of all places. They're usurping parental rights by proposing this bill that's criminalizing parents as abusive. Smith is upset about it. I mean, he, that's what he does. He, he's a, the director of this Illinois Family Institute. But he said if they choose to deny their child so called services for abortion, And transgender treatments, then that could include, of of course, chemical hormone treatments. Then the the parent becomes the the attacker, the oppressor, and they are addressed by law in the state. It's amazing. HB4876 was uh, introduced by Representative Ann Stava Murray. She's a radical Democrat with a she-her pronoun. She also is a mother of three. In New Jersey, this similar thing is happening. The state legislature is considering a bill that would allow young teens to seek out medical health services without the consent of their parents. That bill, Senate Bill 1970, it states its goal is to permit minors 13 years old and over to consent to behavioral health services. This Quinn, uh Greg Quinlan, he's with the Center of uh, Garden State Families, he says their current state laws set the minimum age at 16 uh, to seek medical help without parents' approval. He said that age is typically a high school sophomore, so Senate Bill 1970 wants to expand it to middle school kids, eighth graders. In an adolescent's life, Quinlan says there's a huge jump in emotional and mental maturity. <laughs> Of course there is. Every parent knows that. You see that in your own children. What's really happening, Quinlan warns, is that children are being groomed in public schools to accept the LGBTQ lifestyle, including the pronoun-choosing transgender movement. And now these legislators are acting on that. Do you think that could happen in Washington State? Of course it could. Could it happen in Oregon? Absolutely. In Idaho, probably not. There are a few states that still have their balance. They know that they're standing up, not lying down. But not many. Not enough. Quinlan says they're being groomed. He said, so this new state law would allow those same children to take that indoctrination a step further with professional counseling that often includes Body altering hormones and even surgery. They're opening the door to this because, as I've said many times on this program, there it is becoming, it has become a huge money making scheme. There are billions of dollars projected to be spent on this whole gender confusion thing, and they're using our children in America as as a product and they're mutilating their body because some little boy is confused and he thinks he's a girl. So they cut off his penis and they, they do surgery to him and then he lives with that the rest of his life. I can't tell you what that does to me as a parent and a grandparent. A Senate committee ignored the public testimony, denouncing the bill And they voted for it five to one. They're all in. They're sending it to the full Senate for consideration. The operative word, I think, in this is they ignored. And we're finding that to be a part of everyday life in America. We're founded, America founded on our, of course, our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution, which was born out of a prayer meeting literally no matter what they say the guys prayed every morning because they couldn't agree on it on the content of the constitution ben franklin said man we got to pray and he wasn't like super religious but he said we got to ask god for help because we're not getting anywhere with this the story i've told it others have told it So they talked about it and they said, yeah, they even argued over who was going to pay for the pastor to come and lead the prayer. Anyway, they worked it out and started having prayer every morning. In a very short time, our Constitution of the United States was birthed under the inspiration, I believe, of those prayers and the hands of these men who were writing the Constitution. Parents should not have to have to be the 24-7 watchmen of public education. But we do. What was once a generally trusted institution has now lost the trust of millions of parents. And for good reason. Parents' rights to direct the upbringing and the education of their children are fundamental rights protected by the U.S. Constitution. Alliance Defending Freedom is one of several Uh, legal, Christian legal organizations, they are perhaps the largest and they're very good and there are others that are very good as well. But they say during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, when almost all students were at home, parents begin to learn that many public schools were actually indoctrinating their students into divisive ideologies. That's how cultural Marxism works. That's what it does. To it infects, and like an infection will start, and it's not a big deal, and it grows and grows, and unless it's dealt with, it takes over a body. And in this case, both Marxist cultural cultural Marxism takes over a culture because parents ignore. And they're just not informed. And it isn't as though most parents are sitting around all day long thinking about what they're saying to the kid in their classroom. Parents are out doing their job. They're involved in life. They're meeting their obligations. They're paying their bills and all of that. I understand that. Students are being subjected to unequal treatment based on race and ethnicity and religion, among other things. It's a mess. That's why I have come to a point, and and those of you, and I know there are some that listen to this program that have known me a long time. And those of you who have known me a long time, I've come to that very slowly. I was not in the past opposed to public education. I saw the values in it. I reaped the benefit of the values growing up as a kid. But it's all changed now. And I have come to this slowly and prayerfully. But I do not think you should put your kid in public education. I truly don't. And it isn't because I oppose education. Education is a Christian principle. The Bible teaches that we should be educated. But it's to whom we're handing off our kids. And public education has gotten themselves into a position. Noah Webster started public education by saying, let's let's." Not be like England and only the rich can be educated. Let's offer education to everybody. And he became known as the father of public education. But they started out, Noah Webster was saying things like, and this is an actual quote. He said, actually, he said the Bible could be the only textbook for a good education. It has history and inspiration and moral, uh, you know, ethics and so on. He made that statement. He said, the Bible could be. Today, if you if a kid carries a Bible into a school building, and this was a founding fight, he signed the documents. But if a kid carries a Bible into a school, he might be dragged away somewhere and his parents called or whatever. That's, I mean, th- these are all the, the, the results of the buy-in to this cultural Marxism. And when they, while they failed in Europe using an economic basis to try to bring down the government. They have succeeded to a great great degree in bringing down the culture in America. It was transported. There's a long story behind it, and that's not the point of what I'm talking about today, but Marxism failed in, in, in the countries where they were trying to establish it, and in World War I, as I said, And then it was brought to Frankfurt, and they developed it in Germany, and then they brought it to America. Pete Buttigieg, our department of, I guess he's in charge. He's supposed to be He's uh, when he's not with his husband. Pete Buttigieg's father taught Gramsci, who was a great advocate of, of cultural Marxism. He taught a course on that. He just died here a couple of years ago, and it was in the news. But he was a professor at Notre Dame, and he taught, Gramsci was a, a product of this cultural Marxism. He taught a class on that at Notre Dame, a religious quote-unquote school. So they're interjecting the moral component. They're interjecting the racial component, and they've turned it on its head, and they've made our culture to be something but through multiculturalism and through political correctness, I believe those are the two hinge points that potentially could bring down a country and is certainly doing harm to families. And my concern is first and foremost to the kingdom of God, but I love my country. I think many of you you do as well. And it bothers me deeply to see what they're doing to it. And they do so in such a strident way. Even our president, I don't think he understands the, the 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 harm he's doing to these children. It's abuse. And yet we soldier on, I've got your back. Go for it, kids. Go get your body mutilated, you little six year olds. Do they not know the consequences of that? Schools are promoting a destructive gender ideology that tells confused children that they can adopt adopt a different gender identity. Boys are told they can become girls and vice versa. All these decisions and mental health struggles are kept secret from their parents now. And now we're putting in place laws that will punish the parents if they try to put themselves into the lives of their children. Although the law recognizes that the rights of parents and parental rights are clearly under increasing attack today an Alliance Defending Freedom and others are taking on precedent setting legal cases to protect parents' rights and enshrine them as fundamental in every state. But you may be asking where did, where did parental rights come from? I mean, what's the history behind the issue and why should that matter to every American? I mean, we, I mean, we sometimes don't know. I think the main thing that needs to be said is that these rights, parental rights, basically come from the U.S. Constitution. Because parental rights are pre-political. Before politics, parents had rights to their children. And parents were given that right through biblical truth. Oh, so that's the problem. It is. When you discard the Bible, when you you punish the kid who carries it into his classroom or dares to open it in his classroom or whatever, or say a prayer, even silently probably, when you remove the Bible and remove the, the, the presence of God in the culture, you're removing the underlying principles, the foundations of that very culture. So parental rights are natural rights that existed before the state existed. They cannot be given or taken away by government under God's law, and that's how this country was founded. You say, well, they're not like that in Turkey. No, they're not. That's why America is exceptional. But we have now the the progressives, so-called, trying to make America into something different, and they're succeeding by, as Lenin said, give me your kid for, you know... A short period of time, and the seeds I plant will never be uprooted. Parental rights include but are not limited to making decisions regarding children's education and health care in a manner consistent with the family's values. Parents must do to promote their children's general health and well being. That's God's plan. That was America's plan until it was encroached upon and stolen by evil and people who were doing evil. I have much more to say about this. I'm sh- I'm sure you would know, but we're uh, just about out of time. But the two points, the two focuses of, of this cultural Marxism is politicized public education and the other is gender identity politics and hidden so-called health care. So pay attention to that. We'll be talking more about this, of course, in the future because it is a growing problem and it is something parents need to be aware of. We need to be engaged. We need to be discerning. We need to be vigilant. Thanks for being with me today. It's always a privilege. Thank you for your support. You make it possible for us to be here and do what we do. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you right here tomorrow.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.